Welcome to Masters of Hair, where we interview the salon industry's greatest hairstylists and colorists to tease out their stories, tips, and advice. This show is brought to you by Gloss, the simple app to save hair color formulas and client info. Download it now at appstore.com slash gloss LLC. On today's episode, we're talking with Joseph Main, who is the artistic director of Color Wow, founder of Trademark Beauty, which created the Babe Waves Iron, stylist at Serge Normand Salons in New York City, as well as an editorial hairstylist. Hey, Joseph, how are you today? Hey, thanks so much for having me, China. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. We're really excited to have you. To start things off, when did you realize you wanted to do hair? I kind of fell into it. You know, I grew up with a single mom and a little sister. And so my mom would always ask me to do my little sister's hair. So whether it was like before church or school, I would end up doing these like very dramatic up twos. And, um, and so it just kind of grew from that. I, I, I would do her hair or her doll's hair. And I was always playing with my little sister and her dolls and giving her Barbie's haircuts. And then um, during high school, you could, I, there was a vocational school as part of my district. And so you could choose a trade, anything from like pre-law to cosmetology to hospitality. And my family was really encouraging that I take the cosmetology program. And I did, and it kind of just, it, I, I, it was always really natural to me doing hair. And so I never really viewed it as such a talent, but my instructors really encouraged me to enter competitions and to stick with it. And, and so I did, and it, and it kind of just developed from there. So was the move from, was, you know, the goal always sort of to end up in New York City? Was that always sort of something you had in the back of your head? Or did that kind of come as a part of, you know, now you're doing hair and then New York, or was it New York and then, you know? You know, I knew that I always wanted to live in New York. I didn't know exactly for what, though. I first started working at a salon in Texas. And to be honest, it kind of turned me off to the industry completely, where I really developed a clientele pretty quickly. And I was booked every day. And I felt like I had hit this glass ceiling there where I was kind of after a year, I was like, where do I go from here? You know, I'm, I'm booked and I have, you know, all these clients, but do I just do this for the next 40 years? So I moved to LA with the idea that I would work in fashion. And I went to a design school there where I, I went to school for product development. And, um, and then it was after finishing school and working in fashion for a little bit that I realized that was certainly not, not the route I wanted to go. And, um, and so I had randomly met a few hairstylists in LA, which in hindsight, they, they're a really big deal in the industry. So it's so odd that I met you know, these three different big time hairstylists within a span of like two weeks. But I was so turned on to the fact that they were like, you know, they were seemingly successful. They were traveling the world. They had all these great clients and they um, were really able to make their own schedule. And so I saw a different side of the industry because at the time this was before, um, you know, Instagram was such a big deal and social media was such a big deal. This is over 10 years ago now. And so it was harder to get a full grasp of the industry um, than it is now. And so shortly thereafter, you know, starting in LA, um, I, I started going back and forth training under a stylist. Um, and so I would go back and forth between LA and New York every two weeks. And so I was really able to get my toes wet and kind of experiencing New York before really making the the jump myself. And then the salons that you were at when you first started in LA, were those the Serge Normand salons? 
Yeah, so I actually interviewed at like 10 major salons in LA. And at the time, I took it as such a sign because they all offered me a job um, and as an assistant. And now I think that we both know that every <laughs> salon in the country is looking for good assistants. And so yeah. it wasn't such a compliment to me as much as it's very easy to get a good assistant job. They're low paying and everyone needs a hard worker. <laughs> um, but I was like, this is a sign. I need to be back in the industry. And I actually went with with Serge Salon because I was such a big fan of his work. When I went in for my interview, Rosie Huntington Whitley was walking out of the salon with like a bouncy blowout. The one on Melrose. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, wherever she is, yes. And the salon in LA was beautiful. It's on Melrose Place. It was Neil Diamond's old house. And there was a massive pool in the middle where you could, you know, process your hair color and stuff. All the stylists were so chic. Some were speaking French. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Very LA pool yeah. in the middle of the hair salon. Yeah. Um, so then you, I mean, how lucky I feel like it's such a goal of people nowadays to like get to be bi-coastal, but I feel like you kind of immediately started into that. And then to be able to keep that up is just, I mean, it was such a major opportunity. And as much as I want to say that it was luck, it was really one of those defining moments in life where I tried to, where I leaned into a situation. I mean, I even hate using that phrase leaning in, but it's, it's just something that comes up all the time where people really expect for opportunity to fall in their lap. And so I saw saw that there was a stylist whose assistant was being promoted and he was bi-coastal and in my opinion was the most talented stylist in the salon at the time. And so, you know, one day while I was sweeping hair by him, I just said, hey, you know, it, I'm a big fan of your work. If you ever need an extra hand, I would love to be considered, you know, please keep me in mind. And two days later, I got a call that, um, you know, he was in fact looking for someone and he wanted to speak further about it. And then within a month of that, I was shopping for an apartment in New York. And what would you say, you know, having started, you know, being an assistant hair salon and going from there, I feel like nowadays with, you know, Instagram and YouTube hairstyles, which I think are really fantastic tools for the industry that have kind of helped it boom and keep it modern. But what would you say if, you know, people going the assistant route, what would be your, your first recommendation to any, you know, person who's graduating, say right now from hair school and they're shopping for salons? You know, I think that there's, there's pros and cons to, to even just the assistant route in general. And I think I'm very old school in that way where I do believe in paying your dues. I learned so much during that time and not just what I learned, but it really, even though it, I assisted for years between the salon and editorial assisting, I spent a little over five years assisting, which is a very long time. And it's a really hard amount of time to kind of put your head down and not focus on your own career and just focus on someone else and doing your job and learning. But I made so I learned so much and I made so many contacts that really catapulted my career thereafter. So my time thereafter progressed much quicker than say other colleagues I know that went straight into industry at 19, kind of skipped that, that time of assisting. I was a little jealous because they were really focused on their own career and their own thing at such a young age. And I think that's really appealing now, especially if you already have a big social following, it gives you that confidence like, I don't need to assist, but because hair school doesn't really teach you what you need to know for real world hairstyling, I think it's so valuable to spend that time assisting and to find somebody that really has the career that you want. Because even now when I look for an assistant, I 
always say, you know, what I do is so much more than doing hair. If you're just interested in being somebody that goes from house to house doing blowouts, it's best that you assist somebody else that's doing that. Because what I do is, you know, whether it's social media or content creation or branding, uh, you know, it's just, it's every day is so different for me that, um, and I really enjoyed working for people that did that as well. You know, I, I started with someone that was in the salon and then thereafter I went with someone that, you know, had their own brand salon and did editorial stuff and traveled the world. So I got a really well-rounded experience that laid the foundation for everything that's come thereafter. Right. So now I'm curious a little bit about your jump to moving towards editorial. So you're, I mean, jet setting all over the place, doing celebrities, you know, hair all the time. And I think you were what most recently in Paris, maybe if I have that right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what would you say is, you know, obviously it's hard to find a balance between being behind the chair and being editorial stylist, but um, any advice for people who are leaning into the, uh, as you would say, you know, wanting to do more of the editorial hairstylist? You know, I think that it really comes down to like making those connections, right? So for me, assisting was such a major part of that was assisting somebody that 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 did editorial work. It is a super hard balance to to you know, if you want to work in the salon and do freelance stuff. You know, now with my hands in so many pots, anytime I'm working on something else, if that is editorial, then my clients at the salon are, are missing out. Or if I'm in the salon, then my editorial wor- world is missing out. And so it's not like having a few part-time jobs. It's really like trying to manage a few full-time jobs. Right. And it can be a lot. And so good help and like work, you know, I'm lucky that I'm at a salon that's very understanding of that, but most are not, and for good reason, because it's just is not that profitable for a salon to have a stylist that comes and go as they please. I think that I'm a real big fan of focusing, you know, on, on what really works for you. So if editorial is really taking off for you, then like put your eggs in that basket. Um, or if you're doing really well in the salon, like there are times when the salon clients are just so loyal and that is just such a great steady job to have where like now in pandemic times there's no telling when you will will get back to doing shoots and red carpets and all those things but you know those people with the strong salon foundations are going to be busy as soon as they're able to be it is funny i do feel like it's like there will be races to (laughs) to see your hairstylist as as soon as this is all over i feel like it's one of those industries like you just you can't really live without your hairstylist it's like not one of those things that you really can or should pick up on your own and you know do at home it's like i feel like the hairstylist is just such an integral part of so many people's lives whether it's you know from the beauty aspect you know coming in to get blow dries all the time, but it's just sort of like a, I don't know, it's one of those habits that it have worked its way into everyone's lives. And I feel, feel like people are really feeling that right now, which it's is- so funny because you just, you, you know that it's an important thing, but then now the amount of headlines on the news that you hear about people wanting to get to the hair salon or these people picketing, you know, the stay at home order just so they can go to the salon. You realize how important it really is. But in, uh, in a state where we're all just trying to feel a little better considering all that's going on it's one of those simple pleasures that just makes you feel good when you look good you feel good and so it's it shouldn't be as big of a surprise to us that it's like it's so important you know 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Um, so I'd love to get a little bit into, so, you know, you've done, you're in the hair salon, you've done the editorial. Um, you then segued into being a founder of Trademark Beauty, which is, I mean, it's doing so well. I think it's sort of all over the place now. Um, so I'd love to talk about how you sort of segued into that. For sure. I mean, the everything that I've done has really played into me being able to start my own company, you know, from uh, the time that I finished assisting and, and started moving on to doing things on my own, I was kind of scouted by ColorWow through the salon. And my role with them grew from brand ambassador to artistic director. And now I've been with them over five years and they've been so good to me. And it's been such an incredible experience because I've been with that brand since before people really knew who they were to now where there's such a major global mover and shaker in the industry. And so they had me going to hair shows where I would talk about the brand and get to know other hairstylists and just get people to listen to what we had to say about some changes in hair care and really launching their line to what it is now. And then, um, and then they put me through media training and I would go on TV or do QVC and, and different local news segments or education. And, and my role with them continued to grow in, in, into like product development and art directing shoots and, it, it's been such an incredible learning experience. And also I really found my voice as a stylist and in the industry. And it was so exciting to see things really happen whenever you would you know, bring up an idea and then and see, go through the whole product development phase to launching it, to getting behind it on TV and talking about it. Um, it, it, also gave me the confidence that I could I could also do this for myself. I have some really great ideas I would love to see through to the end, and um, and so it just kind of started happening happen, happening very naturally. Where um, trademark really started because I had done a, a like a, a glittery hairstyle for for Nylon magazine, and then later. Um, a client had asked for it for her rehearsal dinner. And so um, I had just mixed up like some hair glitter, some glitter with hair gel. Um, that would turn, what, what I thought was really going to be simple became me having to mix like 10 different formulas until I could get the consistency really right. And then I was having to like pour it into a bag and kind of like cut the corner of the bag off and icing tube it onto the hair. And I was using like a plastic fork and knife and I found myself recreating this. And then people started asking me to recreate it on TV. I was doing a few news segments and I was getting bombarded with messages online about like where to find this hair glitter how to create this look and you know it still to this day I think some of my highest viewed videos are the ones of this glitter pony I remember that that like blew up overnight (laughs) yeah it was crazy and then like the next year you know I would like post something about it on like during the holidays I would recreate it again and it just never seemed to be like however many times I did it it would still just blow up each time and so I started talking to my sister and I was like you know I think that there's something to this we should just like you know, figure out packaging, bottle this, like make some in, in your kitchen, you can ship it out of LA um, kind of thing and I'll, I'll do a bunch of videos and stuff. And so we knew we wanted to eventually have other things. We weren't planning on being a millionaires on hair glitter, but it felt like a fun intro to everything that would come thereafter. And that's exactly what it was. So we launched that in January of 2019. So we started working on the company and getting the website up in 2018. 
And then um, as soon as that came out, we started getting some traction and we were like, okay, people will buy from our rickety little website and we're getting a lot of traffic. Um, what's going to be next for us? And so at the time, Flatiron Waves were really emerging as a popular hairstyle and people were really moving away from like the perfectly curled look. And I had heard of triple barrel irons before from like late 80s, early 90s. I had had some as a kid. So um, I knew that there was a more simple way to create that same look because when I would go to do it on editors or do it on TV, people would have a really hard time doing it on themselves. And so the the thing though about these triple barrel irons, like any hair tool from the late 80s, early 90s, they just weren't up to date. You know, they didn't, they weren't ceramic. They didn't have a digital dial, a number of other things. And so I ordered a bunch on eBay. I was playing with all kinds of different ones. And then I started sending them to manufacturers to see who would work with me on it and who could make the changes that we needed. Um, but also be able to make them in small batches because right. we just didn't have the money or anything to try to make 10,000 of them the way most factories want you to. And so after a lot of research and back and forth, we found someone willing to work with us. And that's when we developed Babe Waves. So um, that came out in May of 2019. So a little over a year ago. And it just blew up. We were really lucky, you know, to have so many industry friends that really embrace the tool. And then it just, it was like in the right hands and we got a lot of like influencers that were posting it and stuff and it just blew up from there. Um, so we've, over the last year we've expanded Babe Waves. There's now three um, different sizes and a limited edition color. Um, we have another hair iron as well called Swirl, which is a three in one. And then, um, which is really cool, it's the world's first. And then we have uh, like a number of hair accessories and we retail color. Wow, it's really expanding. We have so many new things coming out soon as well. That's amazing. I feel like it's, you know, such an amazing thing when you get to fill a gap in an industry that, you know, you've been a part of for so long and seeing what, you know, what needs to be changed or, you know, something about parentry is it's always turning over, right? It's always like right. new trends, but also the reemergence of trends, but in with a little bit of a spin on it. And I feel like you've been able to kind of encapsulate that in a lot of the the tools at Trademark Beauty, which, you know, I think is just an amazing thing for a stylist, but also for people who just, you know, are doing their hair at home and it, you know, you want to just sort of see how to do it, which brings me to, I feel like you are like the, for hair tutorials, your page is hair tutorial mm -hmm. mecca. So anyone listening, if you want to figure out how to get that look, you know, that is, you think is impossible, it might not be that impossible. So you should definitely head to either Trademark Beauty's Instagram page or Joseph's to, to have a look. Just wanted to caveat into that because. Oh, thanks so much. It's been so fun to make a ton of videos while we have this extra time. It's been really fun. And it's, it's such a great point that you make about these gaps in the industry because that was our big thing with Trademark was that there's so many incredible quality hair tools available, but they're at a really intimidating price point where you're like, I don't know if I want to spend this much money on something that I don't even know how to use. Or you can find really affordable items that you're just not sure about the quality or like don't come with any education. And so that was such a mission of ours with this brand is to kind of bridge that gap between quality and affordability and just really offer a ton of great comp uh, content so that anybody using it feels like they are um, 
you know, well equipped to use anything that we have. And those videos online are just like the best way to do that, right? We love watching those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find myself, you know, I'm lucky enough, obviously, as you know, we both know a lot of hair industry people. So I'm lucky enough to not have to do my hair so often, but it's like, <laughs> I just find myself watching them. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, this is just what I'm going to do for the next hour or two right now. <laughs> while so I have satisfying. The time. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, makes me miss being in the hair salons. Um, so, um, what would you say would be your recommendation for stylists right now who are, you know, either in, in between things or, you know, given the, the pandemic or, you know, trying to just start out, you know, for young stylists in terms of where you see the hair industry going, what do you think is a valuable, you know, piece of advice that you would give any young hairstylist? I mean, I think that the best thing to do is to really just focus on yourself and like what you like and don't like. You know, I think that the, the thing with social media is that's a blessing and a curse is that you have all these great people to kind of like model your career after. But then at the same time, you're like modeling your career after someone else. You know, it's not about it's not about being like someone else. It's really about finding the best uh, route for yourself. And so I think it's, you know, I even can't follow too many people in the industry because it really starts to spiral in my head of like comparing and this person got the job that I was up for and all of that. So I think just really kind of focusing on you is, is the best thing that you can do. And again, assisting someone and finding a great mentor, someone that will really help guide you in the direction that you're looking to go is just so valuable. And and then, you know, in a time like this, I think it's tricky. I don't think that there's a formula to for success. I know for me, I've really tried to uh, pivot to creating great content for people, you know, and really being there for my clients the best way I can. You know, these people are so supportive of me all year round that if they want to FaceTime me for to walk through, walk them through trying to do an at-home haircut, you know, then I'm happy to help. And I think that stylists aren't great with retail always. And I think this is just a huge retail opportunity. There's really great things that you can help your clients with to make sure that they're maintaining their hair at home. And, you know, whether it's those at home hair color kits or whether you're uh, helping them find the right masks and treatments in order to maintain their hair in between, you know, if you're there for your clients now, they'll, they'll really be there for you all year round. And, um, with, with all these great tools like social media, it, it's really easy to reach maybe a broader network than you do typically in the salon. And so, and utilizing all the great tools that we have now, there's great ways to monetize retail experience from everywhere from like these uh, Amazon affiliate programs or pretty much any brand you think of. If you really like a brand, they will offer you affiliate links where you can make a percentage of sales. And I think that that's a huge opportunity for stylists to you know find uh, new income streams during this interesting time but um more than anything i think it's just uh just trying to like stay active and creative like as creatives i think it's not good to to let this time go to waste and yeah just stay busy right and um this will be my my last question for you. I know you're busy. What would you say is your first go-to for for inspiration? So like whether that's, you know, either for for hair or within trademark or you know, being artistic director at Colorwow, what where do you find inspiration grabs you the most? 
You know, I find inspiration again. I try not to look outward. That's our biggest thing. Comparison can make me feel sick to my stomach. So we really try not to look at other companies. I don't really care to have the marketing meetings where people are are telling us what other companies are doing. I don't look to Instagram or Pinterest typically when I'm trying to come up with uh, things for clients. For me, it's if I just get really quiet. And so if I um if I just spend a little time in the evening by myself and and just kind of like look inward and really think about something um i usually find great inspiration i think inspiration's all around us and i'm just a big fan of design and so um i look through a lot of design books as well and and things from uh, interiors spill into my hair world and and vice versa so um I kind of, and I love looking into the past as well. Like when I was just in Paris, I, I spent a lot of time going through old Vogue magazines and, and you just, you, anything you think is new has been done before, but it was really fun to see what some of the greats have done in the past. And I found that very inspiring as well. All right. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. It was. So again, for those who are listening, you've been talking to Joseph Main. You can follow him on Instagram, Joseph Main. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-M-A-I-N-E. You can also follow at Trademark Beauty, which he's the founder of, if you guys want to see some tutorials as well and check out all the tools. And thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks for having me, China. Okay, bye. Bye.